Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I am excited about another opportunity to be on with you to share some ideas, strategies, tips, techniques, ideas, principles, and strategies, tips for greater success personally, professionally, and in every part of your life. You know, we start the same way. I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon me. I can't refuse it. I didn't seek it. I didn't choose it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are all wrapped up in it. And this is the minute that I hope will have a powerful and profound impact on your success. You know, I start the show with that minute, God's Minute, it is called, written by Dr. Benjamin Mays, who was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s mentor. And I always start with that minute, 
And also with a minute to just say, I am grateful. I give God glory for this show. I give God glory for my life. I give God glory for the successes of the show being number one. I give God glory for the fact that I've got health and strength. I am grateful. And I thank God for everything, but most importantly, for life and good friends and family. Oh, the money will come. I want you to have wealth because this is the Wealthy Way show. I want you to have uh, all sorts of wealth, but I also want you to have intellectual. I want you to have uh, a relationship. I want you to have uh, health wealth, all the different types of wealth that make up our wealth continuum. So we are grateful and we give God glory for that because I am grateful what he has done in our lives or my life and what he continues to do. Now, I am grateful also for all of you who have been purchasing the new marriage book, Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, 10 Secrets for Shaping a Great Marriage. I'm grateful for all of you who have uh, made that book already uh, a bestseller. We're doing just great off the off the charts. So go to jollymarriage.com to read more about the book, to get your free chapter, uh, how to agree to disagree and how to have disagreements without uh, uh, having a, a war. You know, I tell you people, we've been, my wife and I have been married for over 32 years. We have not had an argument in over 30 years years. That doesn't mean we don't disagree, but we've learned some principles that work and they consistently work and principles work if you work them. They consistently work. So uh, I want to encourage you to go to jollymarriage.com and get the free chapter, jollymarriage.com to get the free chapter and uh, get your copies, get two copies, one for you and your spouse so that y'all can be on the same page as you read through the book together. I also want to th say I'm grateful for our sponsor. Our sponsor, Shirley Lou Finance. Shirley Lou Finance. Uh, she is an incredible woman who has been helping people with their, uh, their finance, their financial planning, their uh, insurance needs, uh, putting themselves in a wealth-building position all over America, she's one of the top financial gurus in the world now, and I'm grateful that uh, she has uh, reached out, said we want to be a part of this show, the Wealthy Way Show, and she is the sponsor for the show. So we want you to go to ShirleyLouFinance.com, ShirleyLouFinance.com. Call her. Get on her schedule. She talks to everybody, and she helps so many people personally and with her her team. So go to Shirley Lou Finance, and if you call and say you heard it on my show, you'll get a Castle Key software, which is a $100 value. Just tell her, you, you know, I heard her Willie Jolly about a, a gift, a $100 gift, uh, a software, and I want it. She wants to give it to you because you're a friend of mine. So go to Shirley Lou Finance for that gift. Okay. We're ready to rock and roll. I am excited, excited, excited about today's guest. Uh, I I can't tell you how much this is going to be a big show for me because this gentleman is not just a friend and someone who I am honored that I was blessed to get a pre-copy of his book when it was still in the manuscript form and I was asked to write a... Um, endorsement. Now, I, I said, okay, let me read the book and see if I would be willing to... Whoa, when I started reading this book, let me tell you what I wrote. A captivating and compelling read. This book shares the story of the grit and determination that it takes to build a massively successful business. 
Brian Smith teaches lessons that not only help you to grow your business, but also to grow yourself. Read it and reread it. I highly recommend this book. Now, that was the initial quote from the book that I read and talked about. It's called The Birth of a Brand. It's Launching Your Entrepreneurial Passion and Soul by Brian Smith. He's the founder of UGG USA. I mean, UGG Australia, the original UGG brand. And he's the guy who brought UGG to America. Let me give you his bio. He is a founder of the world-famous UGG brand, graduating in 1978 as a chartered accountant in Australia. He disliked his career choice. He decided to come to California in search of the next big thing to bring back to Australia. He's an avid, and he was an avid surfer, and I assume he still is. He would put on his sheepskin boots after a good day of surfing uh, the Australian coast. Turns out, when he got to California, he observed there was no sheepskin footwear in the United States. Gears shifted, and he thought instead of bringing back the next big thing from California to Australia, he would bring Australia to California to America. He would bring sheepskin boots to the United States. With only $500 in capital, he imported six pairs of sheepskin boots from Australia and went door-to-door until the UGG concept stuck. Starting out with the California and California, Southern California surfing community, moving to ski companies. And then in 1995, he sold the UGG brand and it has continued to grow to a uh, massive company and exceeding a billion dollars in annual sales. And he is the one who made it happen. I am grateful to have him on my show, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Smith. Brian, are you there? I sure am, Dr. Willie. Thanks for having me. Man, what a book, what a story, and what a brand. Now, let me tell folks uh, all transparency that before I met Brian, my wife and I were on the Get Motivated Tour. Oh, I was on the Get Motivated Tour. My wife was with me, and she wasn't speaking. I was speaking, and many of you know I've been, I've been on the Get Motivated Tour with Les Brown for a number of years. And we were in Atlanta at Atlantic uh, stop, and we had some time to spare, so a friend of ours brought us to the mall there in Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, and there's an Ugg shoe store there. My wife loves Uggs, so she had a number of pair of Uggs, and she said, let's go in the Ugg store. I, I want to look at the newest things from Uggs. I said, okay, I, I knew nothing about Uggs, but when I got in the store, I was told by the salesperson, "Hey, do you have any?" I said, "No, I don't have any." I thought it was I thought it was a a shoe store a brand that didn't have a, a line for men. I didn't know anything. So, because uh, my wife was the only one who had them in our household, so they they shared with me a pair of loafers with a tassel on it, and I liked the way it looked. And I put my foot in the book in the shoe, and my foot said, "Oh." Now, I understand why they call it Uggs, because you go, oh. And I said, this is the best-feeling shoe I think I've ever had on. And so I bought that shoe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have worn that shoe without fail, uh, just about every day since then. It's been a number of years. So I had to get some more uh, when I connected with Brian and get more, because I, I had to have more, and we've bought more since. This is incredible, and he is an incredible guest. So, Brian, let's talk about how you brought this whole concept of Uggs, this sheepskin shoe, to America. Yeah. And, and, and 
and, and, and what it has done. You know, tell me the background story. We got about three minutes left in this segment. And tell me your story a little more, and then we'll go into greater sure, detail. It, it's, it's, it's a pretty simple story how it started. I, I was an accountant in uh, Perth, Australia, and I, I graduated after 10 years, and I quit the same day I graduated because I, I didn't like accounting. And I was sort of meditating, and I thought, you know, all the big trends are coming out of California, like Levi jeans and waterbeds and all the surf brands. And so I thought, I'm going to go to California, and I'm going to find the next big thing to bring back to Australia. I was going to you know, try and find the next trend to make me a fortune. And uh, so within weeks, I arrived in Santa Monica in, in L.A., and and with my surfboard and my suitcase, and, and I surfed Malibu for like the first month. It had always been a dream of mine to do that. And, you know, I was looking for new ideas, didn't find anything, and same for the second month, I didn't find anything. And then in the third month, it was now like October, November, the water's getting cold and the wind is getting colder, and, and I had my sheepskin boots from Australia that I brought with me. And I was sitting on the beach pulling on my boots and I thought, oh, my God, there are no sheepskin boots in America. And it seemed like one in two Australians had some sort of sheepskin footwear, you know, whether it was slippers or boots or what. And so I just turned to my buddies next to me and said, hey, Doug, we've got to go into business, man. We're going to be instant millionaires, you know. <laughs> so... That's how simple the the idea was. You know, it wasn't rocket science. I just, you know, and, and if anybody's looking for an idea to be an entrepreneur, get out of your own environment. And, and uh, pretty soon you're going to find ideas uh, that are there in front of you. Um, so anyway, I, we, we imported six pairs of boots as, as samples, thinking, we, you know, we were going to turn everybody on. But... When Doug went out on the road to all the shoe stores in California, he just got shut out completely. They, they just said, you're crazy trying to sell sheepskin in California. And, you know, I knew that that wasn't right because the climate in Australia is very much like California. So I had to figure out how, how come all my buddies up at Malibu think it's a great idea. And it, it struck me that, oh, God, they all surfed and all the California surfers who'd been to Australia had bought four or five pairs of these sheepskin boots back for their buddies. So within the surf market, it was pretty well known. And so Doug and I switched gears. Like, like hold hold that know. thought, because you, you talk about Doug. That's your partner, and I want to make sure people okay. understand. Now, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break, because we're going to come back and tell the rest of the story. It's a okay. compelling story, folks. Don't miss this, because there's so many lessons for how you build your brand and your wealth. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. We'll be right back. And remember, your best is yet Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of 
interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. Jolly, my special guest is Brian Smith. Now, you might know his name, but maybe not, but you know his product. It's called UGG Boots. UGG, U-G-G, Boots. And it is the number one boot for sheepskin in the world, and he is the founder of bringing Uggs to America, creating the Ugg brand, building it to a billion-dollar business, and how he did it starting out with $500 and six pair of boots that he brought, uh, he got from Australia to try and sell them. But it was not overnight success. And that's what I wanted people to hear. It's such a compelling story that it will change your life. Real quick, before uh, we go further, I want people to be able to get this book because some people might have to jump off. It's called The Birth of a Brand by Brian Smith, just as it said, B-R-I-N, Smith. How, how can people get this book, Brian? Uh, the best way is on Amazon, and uh, the other way is on my website, which is UggFounder, U-G-G-F-O-U-N-D-E-R.com. All right. And also, folks, just so you know, Brian is uh, here in America now, and he's speaking all over the place. So if you've got an organization and uh, you want to inspire your team, uh, you might want to call his office and, or reach his website because his message is just compelling. It is compelling. Anyway, let me give you, for those who might have just joined us, Brian came from Australia. He was a surfer dude. And he was putting on his Ugg boots one day as the water got chillier and the t- temperature changed a little bit. And everybody said, what are those? Where'd you get those? Wow. And he said, oh, I've got an idea here. And I think I'm going to start a process because they don't have Ugg boots here. And it reminds me of the story. Uh, I think it's in my book. A setback is a setup for a comeback about positive attitude and, and, and looking for opportunities. Uh, a, a, a shoe salesman, what we talk about boots, shoes, went to Australia and from America. He went to Australia to the Aborigines. And he said, look, he looked around and said, Aborigines don't wear shoes. He called back to the home office. Hey, this is, this is a bad idea. Aborigines don't wear shoes. Let's cash this in and 
going with our business. A second, a different sales guy from a different company with a positive attitude came to the same area a couple weeks later. He looked around. He saw that the, the Aborigines had no shoes on. He called the home office. Send the troops. Send the stock. The Aborigines don't have any shoes. This is a great place to be. And he made a lot of sales. So Brian had that same attitude, and that is how he was able to See an opportunity. So finish telling the story, Brian. You're sitting on the beach. You, you've you got uh, this idea, this opportunity. What happens? Well, we ordered, uh, we called up a manufacturer and ordered some samples. And uh, you're right, six pairs. And uh, Doug went on the road uh, with you know to the shoe stores, got shut out. And then we decided, well, all the surf shops, you know, all the surfers know about them. So we started going to the surf shops, and each shop owner was going, oh, my God, that's a fantastic idea. You're going to make a fortune. Yeah, you should do it. And so we raised about 20 grand uh, of capital and bought 500 pairs in because, you know, we were going to be so successful. And uh, when they arrived in, in November, we sort of organized them in my, my house in Santa Monica and, and then went out on the road to sell them all. And... You know, the, the very first person I went back to who told me that, that it was a great idea, he says, oh, well, you know, we couldn't sell them in our shop. Yeah, we just sell surfboards and trunks and sandals. They're, they're too expensive. You should go to the shoe stores. And, and we got shut out. He, my buddy Doug got shut out and I got shut out in every place we went. And we, you know, the, the sales for that first year of UG was uh, 28 pairs. Just happened to be a thousand dollars, you know, which was extremely disappointing. But you know, over the years, I, I've uh, watched. You know, I've started a lot of other businesses, and I've seen a lot of other businesses start. And there's this theme that I wrote about in my book, which is you can't give birth to adults. Right? <laughs> every every single you know sitcom on TV, or a new product, or a new service or in your church or religion, you know, everybody has to start with conception and then birth. Right. And then, then the infant just lies there, and it just lies there, and you have to keep feeding it and changing diapers, feeding it, changing diapers, and you usually get nothing back except maybe a giggle now and again. But it's, it's this amazing thing where, where there's no amount of yelling at it or overfeeding it. This infant can't get up and go to college. It has to be an infant. And that's where most entrepreneurs give up. They start something, they conceive it, they give birth to it, and then it just doesn't seem to do anything. It's a horribly debilitating stage for every entrepreneur, but it's natural. You have to go through that. Like every baby, you just have to keep feeding it. You can't stop. And then it'll eventually start toddling, which is a really good space for your business. You know, you're getting a few customers and people are writing articles about you and everything and that'll eventually grow to youth where the best phase of every business is the youth because you, you, your shipping's working, your sales and customer service is working and the accounting's working and you know everything. So you can run a 20 million business in, in that youth phase but if it's a really, really good product or service like Ugwas, you're going to hit the teenage years and you remember how you wanted to be at every party in town when you were a teenager. Yes. Well, the same tendency is there for your business. You want to be in trade shows across the country. 
you want to be in retail stores and, and you really can't afford to because you don't have the capital and it's super dangerous phase but then eventually it'll mature and you get a good business going but so so that was this you know even though that first sales trip we did was an absolute disaster in one sense it really highlighted to me that that's hey that's a very natural part of every entrepreneur's journey is to go through that infancy wow i love this folks that was such a profound concept as i look through the book that you can holler, you can scream, you can cajole an infant, but an infant cannot go to college because an infant has to be nurtured, has to grow. And he tells through this book the different thing, conception to birth to infancy to toddler years to youth to teenage to adulthood, and he tells in great detail some of the struggles. Um, look, he said building brand awareness is a slow often disheartening process which requires imagination, constant monitoring, and feedback, course correction, persistence, and above all, patience. The success of any concept requires bringing whole markets and wide swaths of a society around to a new vision. Building a brand, like any natural process, is a gradual, organic, and wildly unpredictable experience. And I thought that was profound. Now, you had to bring... Uh, a market, a product to a country that didn't even know it had a need. How did you get? <laughs> how did you get them to understand they had a need for your product? Yeah, that was really difficult. Um, the um, the early years, I was floundering. You know, like like every every good entrepreneur, you know, has to have some level of ignorance. Otherwise, they'd never start. Right. right? Mm. And, and so I was ignorant, uh, thinking, well, everyone in Australia owns it, so everyone in America will. But, but I didn't understand that Americans didn't understand sheepskin like Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, Americans think it's hot and it's prickly and it's delicate and you can't get it wet. And it's, it's you know, really... You know, and Australians know that it's rugged. You can't rip it. You, you, you can wash it. Uh, it'll, it, it's just indestructible and, and it's, you know, it insulates and, and even when it's wet, it insulates your feet. And, but you can't sweat in them because they, they, you know, the sheepskin breathes. So Australians know all these things about it, so it was easy over there. But Americans, you know, for three or four years, I was struggling to try and sell these in the stores. And one day in, real, in frustration, one woman was saying, oh, no, they're, they're too hot. You know, our customers will never wear them. And this was a ski shop, right? So right. They, you know, this, you'd think they'd die for this in the winter. She says, no, they're too hot. And I just, in frustration, I said, look, take your shoes and socks off and put this on. And immediately she put it on her foot you know, with, with bare feet. And she goes, oh, my God, these are so comfortable. Oh, my God, I could sell these all day. And And just that fact of... Putting them on her feet changed. You remember the story when you opened it, when you tried them on? You had yes. that same, same I had that feeling, same right? feeling. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. When I put my foot in it, I said, oh, my God, what yeah. is that well, feeling? I've never felt that well, before. That's when I learned to change direction with all of our, our sales force. I said, you know, don't go out and talk about this product. Don't, don't even open your mouth until they've put one of these boots on their bare foot. And the sales just became so easy after that because, you know, that, that tactile feeling made everybody get them instantly. And, you know, you could have 
it was, it was so funny because they'd say, oh, well, they're, they're pretty hot, you know, I'm going to sweat. And I would have them put one, one on, uh, on one foot, you know, and then a half an hour later we're still talking and I, I, I say to them, so is your foot sweating? And they go, oh, my God, it's the same temperature as my other foot with my shoe and sock on. And Un- unbelievable. That was, that, yeah, that was like the big eye-opener and, and then sales became so easy after that. But it took a lot of ignorance to get to that point and try and figure out, okay, what's my point of entry here? Wow, wow. So what, so many things happened here that, that were just amazing. And as you read it, folks, you read through the book, he tells you each level of struggle and the fact that he had partners. You know, Doug was his initial partner. Doug did it for a while and said, you know what? I don't really want to do this. We're going around people telling me no. We're going to these shows. Yeah. Nobody's coming to our booth. We don't have no money. We, we, right. we, you know, you, I love the story. You said you'd go on Mondays to the China. Chinese food restaurant, you'd get, a, you'd get two meals. One meal you would eat that night, and the second meal, maybe you get a, a, a small and then a large or something, and then the second one, the large, you would, you would divvy up over the rest of the week. <laughs> and you'd throw a few little vegetables in there so that you'd have some food. You said you were probably the healthiest in your life. That is that, a struggle. Yeah, that, and that was that was some of the happiest times of my life, you know. And literally, I would make one one Chinese meal last for five vegetarian meals, you know, in a week. It was uh, yeah. I look back on that. It wasn't easy at the time, but I look back on it and think, God, they were really great times. Now, one of the things you make a big point of saying, and we're going to take a quick break because we'll be right back, folks. I've got more to tell about how he built this billion-dollar business and how you can transform your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad Bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were. I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. We are back with Brian Smith, who is the founder of Uggs, a billion-dollar business that he started with $500, $500. Now, let me tell you something. One of the things he brings in here and talks about is that he was a surfer dude. He was a surfer dude. He was an accountant. Uh, he didn't do any selling. He didn't uh, really want to sell. He didn't think sales was cool, classy. I uh, thought about used car salesman. But he said something uh, on, on page 8. He said that uh, driving home that afternoon on Interstate 5, it never occurred to me that I never asked for a single order. Now, he got all these people saying, I like the way that feel and all this, but he never asked for the sale because he had a, uh, I guess, a... Uh, problem was at, at, for the selling concept in his mind. He said, a minor detail, I didn't know you had to. What was the point? 
We had no inventory to ship. And anyway, I was so carried away with how successful people were talking about it, how they were liking it. That seemed like a minor detail. Soon I would learn that one of the most enduring truths taught in any success course, nothing happens until there's a sale. You became a salesman, and you had to or you would starve. Let's talk about that. Yeah, okay. You, well, you, yeah, what did you right. do? Well, How did you get over that? Well, when I was an accountant, uh, my only contact with salesmen was when I was auditing used car yards. And, and I would hear these salesmen in the next office, you know, bragging about how they just ripped off the last customer. And, and, and I was just, I, I was appalled by that. I hated sales. And I thought that's what all salesmen did. So I was afraid of it uh, starting out. But it, I'll tell you what, in a couple of years, I, I, I think it was about four or five years into the business, I was down at one of my surf shops and I was fixing up the inventory on the, on the shelves and I thought, you know, this guy just bought 80000 bucks worth of boots from me at wholesale this year. And I knew he marked them up like 100%. So it made me think, okay, well, he made 80000 profit. Well, the rent on this little tiny store can't be more than thirty thousand for a year, so so that's fifty grand in his pocket, or maybe he used that fifty to pay for all of his, you know, all of his part-time staff. And I thought that means everything else in the store that he sells is pure profit in his pocket. And I started realizing that I, you know, I always thought sales was trying to take from somebody, but now I realize shit, sales is giving i i'm giving this guy an opportunity to make money and that changed my whole outlook around selling and from then on every single trade show i was at i was convincing new buyers how to invest with me to make money rather than hey give me your money i'll send some product it was hey work with me i'll make you money and that was probably the best thing that ever happened to change my attitude towards sales folks and i hope everybody got that that was so profound he says sales is not taking and you get your mindset sales is not taking from other people sales is not beating them up sales is not ripping them off sales is not taking sales is giving something that helps others to get what they want and you know zig said yep. it so wonderfully if you help enough of us get what they want you'll get everything you want so you got to get in sales to be able to say nothing happens until a sale is made and i thought that was profound and throughout the book are these lessons he'll tell a story about what he was going through his early uh, investors gave him 20 grand but he did he was a new entrepreneur and realized that money was gone in a flash and it just continued to be challenging he continued to wonder if he whether it was worth it or not and he he, he has a point that i I and Les Brown talk about all the time and all of the, the positive thinkers talk about when you're in your moments of challenge, you have to have the faith that 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 there's a force that's there and the universe will conspire to help you, will help you if you help yourself. If you take a step, the universe, you know, the old folks say you, you take one step, God will take two. Uh, you, you've got yeah. you've got to have the faith, the key, the faith positive thought and a positive attitude because then things happen you had a number of times you talk about over and over again one after another where you were ready to throw in the towel giving it up and something would happen talk about yeah. how once you take a new course and take action that's critical the universe will conspire to work with you talk about some of those yeah. times where you were just ready to throw in the chuck it i mean ready yeah. let me 
I'll just give you a quick uh, explanation of what how I believe that you know the universe conspiring to work with you is, is a thousands and thousands of years old saying, right? Right. And the way I look at that is that that everything in the universe is absolutely perfect. There's everything that we could possibly want on this planet is already here. It's already there. But until you start out on a path and 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 start moving, you're not going to see it. Right. The, the illustration I use is, is Dr. Willie, when's the last time you saw an ad for a refrigerator? Hmm. You, you, you probably can't remember, right? Right, that's right. But, but if, if you needed a refrigerator this weekend, you would start seeing ads for refrigerators in every newspaper and magazine you picked up. You would start seeing it in windows that you drive by in the, in the stores. You'd start seeing it on TV or the, the Internet. And... The, the, the reason is because you've started in a direction that has a purpose and the universe starts bringing all of these things in alignment with you starting. Now, if you don't start, it's like you'll never see a billboard because you, you just, you know, but if you're in motion, you'll see billboards everywhere pointing you to the right direction. So that's what I mean by that universe conspires to work with you. And if you... Just start out in the direction, even if you don't know the first damn thing about it, but you just have this, like, desire. Yes. The minute you start, you'll start to be reinforced with all of the information that will back up your decision to start moving in that way. Something happens. So uh, I think it's yeah. uh, uh, Goethe said, until one is committed, there's hesitance, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. But the minute, the moment one definitely commits oneself and moves on that commitment, then providence, the hand of God, moves also. All manner of things that. will happen that never would have regularly happened because you took I'm, action. I'm impressed. Did you recall that from memory? I do recall that from memory. I love it, man. <laughs> that's, that's so good. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just so impressed. Folks, again, we're with Brian Smith, the, uh, the, the author of the, the great book, The Birth of a Brand, uh, how he started the UGG um, uh, brand here in America. He brought uh, Australia to America. And I am not only uh, a, a lover of this book, I am a lover of UGG shoes. Now, I am I don't give endorsements. I, you don't hear me giving endorsements, folks. Y'all know if you listen to me often, I don't talk about endorsements unless I really believe in them. I have to believe in them. And I love UGG shoes. Gentlemen, if you've not put on an UGG shoe, go to an UGG store, Try one. Just try it. Put it on your foot. You will see what I mean. Um, I'm, I'm, my son is a, he wears Ugg now. My wife got, she has so many Uggs. She has them lined up. She has tall ones, short ones. She has uh, Ugg uh, night uh, bedroom slippers. When we travel on the road, she has Uggs uh, shoes for the road. She has Uggs in every uh, way you can get them because she loves it. And she's a yoga person. So when she goes to yoga, she takes, you know, she takes their different types of Uggs. My granddaughter, when she uh, called uh, for Christmas uh, last year, she said, I tried on Grandy's uh, Uggs. I want a pair. She's a, she's a college student. She said, I want a pair. So we bought her a pair. So, you know, this is interesting how the Uggs really makes a difference. Now, but this story, how he built it, uh, he talks about how you have to have a business plan and you got to be creative. You got to understand that you'll change. You gotta, um, he talks about how you've got to be uh, one big point, to, this is the biggest point, I think, that affected me as an op- entrepreneur and as a businessman is 
perception is extremely important because the majority of people yeah. accept what they see as reality, whether it is clothes and grooming and face-to-face meetings, the style of car you want to be seen in, or the image of the product, because people judge you on their first impression. In the case of Uggs, ever since uh, he got some advice from one of his, one of his uh, partners there, I went out of my way to make sure the image we presented in advertisement, trade shows, was a big image, even though I was not big at that time. And folks, he says, make your website, invest in your website, make it look big because people don't know that you're still a small company if you've got a big presence. Isn't that correct, Brian? Yeah, that was probably the best advice I ever received. It's not how big you are, it's how big you are perceived to be that counts. Say that one more time. Everybody in this room, everybody in this audience needs to hear that. Okay, it's not how big you are, it's how big you are perceived to be that counts. And that was, you know, very costly when I was running the UG business because, you know, it was before the internet had started. And so we had to do, you know, big trade shows, big magazine advertisements, big everything. It was very expensive. But the beauty of the Internet now is that you can be working out of your garage or your kitchen, and if your website looks like it's a huge multi-million dollar company, nobody out there is ever going to check to see that you, if you're working in a garage or not. Because as long as your product offering is good, you've got stability and you're, you're able to ship uh, through the Internet, you can, you can have a huge business going out of your bedroom and your bathroom or whatever. And nobody is ever going to know as long as they get their deliveries on time. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah, perception, perception is really 90% of, of reality in a funny way. Wow, folks, this is huge for all the small business, all the entrepreneurs, all the pastors who are listening, all the churches, all the uh, 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 small business people, the solo entrepreneurs, the, the moms who are starting a business on the side, all of the people who say, I just want to grow my business and I don't know how. He said, invest in your business. And one other thing he, he, he did, invest in yourself, invest in your yeah. learning, invest in your, your education, invest in your, your uh, information, invest in, in reading. I, I, before we go into this last break, I, I just uh, watched a show about um, Klug, uh, 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 the, who started uh, McDonald's. Uh, uh, and Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc, uh, uh, Kroc, Kroc. And how he, when he was a salesman selling... Um, mixers, um, milkshake mixers, and he was getting no orders, none. He was failing. He was a failure. He would listen to a a positive motivational record every night. He took a record player with him before there was internet, before there was cassettes, yeah. before, uh, before any of that. He had a record player in his hotel room, and he played the record every night to keep him motivated, and even through the challenges. And that's why we encourage people to buy motivational products. Go to my website. Go to willyjolly.com. Get some of the motivational products. Go to Les Brown's website. Get some of his products. Uh, just uh, and Brian, do you have products uh, on your website beyond the book? No, just a book at the moment. Well, get his book, folks. Get his book. I'm encouraging everybody to get this book. Read it. Take it with you on a plane and and make notes like I have done. My son has done. We've been making notes on this book. 
through the in the margins things that I want to highlight things that m spoke to me not just for this interview but spoke to me as a business person I'm telling you it can change your life we're going to be right back we got one more segment with Brian Smith how he went from $500 to a billion dollar business and how you can do the same this is Dr. Willie Jolly and for sure your best is yet to come we'll be right back life had enough ups and downs but lord since i've met you since i all this change in the blink of an Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. And there's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you, grow your mindset, grow your future, grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire. wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to wjspeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. Dr. Willie Jolly, I want to 
thank you for listening. I also want to encourage you to continue to send your, uh, everybody who's listening, send your notes in, send your emails. Let me know how you're liking this. I like to get your feedback. Uh, one of the things Brian talks about is feedback is, is the breakfast of champions. I mean, you talk about feedback as an important part of the entrepreneurial journey to hear what people like, what they want more of. You talk about how you had to get feedback from uh, the people who were using the product, your boots, to say, oh, it started with the surfers, the surfer dudes. But then there was seasonal problems because people didn't surf maybe in the wintertime. So what do we do now? And you figured out, how'd you figure out the ski people? How'd that happen? Well, the, the, the switch from uh, surfing to the snow was pretty easy because uh, snowboarding had just started right when I started the UG business. The very first snowboards were out. And so there was a natural tendency for all the California surfers who went up to the mountains uh, for snowboarding. They just, they just took their boots, you know? Right. So it was really easy. But the difficult one was back, like, how do I get into the Midwest? You know, nobody reads Surfer Magazine. You know, there's not that many big ski hills around. And it was it's a couple of years it took me working with my sales reps, and I, I kept asking it all of the sporting goods stores, you know, well, what do the kids do here, you know, in the winter? And it was like, well, they skate, you know, they play hockey. And I went, oh, my God, they're all in hockey rinks. Well, they've got to wear some sort of shoes to get there and then change. And I thought, and all the moms who take their kids, you know, on the weekends uh, have to sit in these freezing cold ice rinks, you know, 40 degrees. They need warm shoes. And so I started marketing to all of the, the youth skaters and the youth hockey players and build it up that way. So, you know, it was, it was a process of, of trying to figure out who's the, who's the most likely user. And you, 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 it takes a long time, you know, because that, that, that took probably two to three years for me to actually nail that market. But bit by bit, you can, you can do that and, and uh, get the easy fruit. But my big challenge was, you know, once I got up to about, you know, 10 million in sales was, you know, okay, so I've got all these funky markets, you know, surfing, skiing, snowboarding, you know, skating, and I want a really good overall image. So I did a big public relations uh, program and, and got on the, uh, the main cover page of the lifestyle section in USA Today. Uh, and believe it or not, we did it with a photograph of Pamela Anderson uh, from Baywatch wearing a pair of boots on the, on the beach, you know? Wow. And and that was a fluke. You know, you know, it, was, it was luck in one sense, but I like to think of it as karma. You know, we, we put out a lot of effort to do that. And anyway, when that came out in USA Today, suddenly we had people from all over the country calling up, wow, where can I buy a pair in my area? And all these retail stores calling up and saying, hey, I'm getting bugged by people wanting Ugg boots. You know, how do I get them, you know? And so there was a lot of, lot of luck involved in that, but also a deliberate uh, methodology to try and get a cohesive, casual comfort brand that wasn't tied to any one little sporting segment. Right. So, you know. But I, I love something you said. You said something now. That's down the line. He said something. Two, three things I want to focus on real quick. One is I talked about he 
you got to invest in yourself. He says early on, uh, when things were challenging, he continued to read Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude by Napoleon Hill and W. Clement Stone and kept saying, mm-hmm. always be prepared, be prepared and willing to go the extra mile and then do it. He did that. And then he said uh, what he just said about uh, Pamela Anderson you know, wearing the boots. I'm sure all on, on page 60, all entrepreneurs have developed a new and innovative product, have encouraged, have, have encouraged the same type of resistance or have gotten the same kind, encountered the same kind of in, in resistance. They got resistance when they wanted to get it in the big stores. He said, I wanted to get it into the Nordstrom's, but they were resistant because they are not willing to take a chance. Even Steve Jobs failed when he tried to sell the first Apple processor to the Radio Shack yeah. guy. Radio Shack guy. The key is to remember to service the mice and respect them as much as you do the elephants while waiting for the elephants to take notice. And that's the whole story where he got it finally into all of these people. But he took care of the little folks. He took care of the mice and did real good one-on-one. People come in his store, he'd sell them a, a pair of Uggs. And people would be out, and he had a strategy. If I sell them well, take care of that one customer, they'll tell their friends. Yep. Am I right? Yeah. And so that's literally what happened. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful, powerful. Okay, we got a few more minutes left, and I mean the great interviews go quick. If you're speaking to a group of students in a college entrepreneur business class, and they want right. to they want to build a business, tell them some simple tips that they can do or they must be aware of to start a business and grow a business. Okay. Well, I've developed this. You know, I believe now the secret to success is, is absurdly simple. It's not easy to do, but it's an absurdly simple principle, right? And that is you have to figure out what you can do better than anybody else and then do it. Mm. Right? Because if you become an expert at something, you will, you will automatically uh, draw wealth and followers and, and people wanting to hang out with you. Uh, and... You don't have to know when you're starting out um, how to be an expert. You just got to have the direction and the mindset. You know, if if you look at um, you know Nike and Reebok and all these guys, would you believe my first year sales of UGG was bigger than the first five years sales of Nike shoes? Wow! Right? I I didn't know that till I read. Um, um, you know, the book on, on, on uh, called Shoe Dog, you know, and they struggled just as much as I did. Reebok struggled even longer before they got... You know, wow, wow. And so you, you've got you've to just be able to be prepared to get in there and start and hang in there. So that's one piece of advice for entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. Um, the next is to, uh, you know, the, the perception, always try and look bigger than you really are. That's a really important one. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the, the most, the, the biggest thing is when you have a setback, don't give up and don't think the world or the universe is against you or, you know, that your life's unfair. Figure out a way to pivot around it because you're always going to be, that you don't start in the bottom left corner at the bottom and then go straight to the top right corner. Nothing happens that way. You cruise along for a while, you hit an obstacle and you have a choice. I either give up my business or I overcome the obstacle. And the minute you overcome it, it's like you're on a new level of the plateau and you, you cruise along flat to hit another one and another one. And, uh, and every time you overcome an obstacle, you are gaining market share, you're gaining an advantage against your competitors, and you're 
getting further and further towards maturity. But the greatest thing about when you hit these obstacles is don't be disheartened because my, my biggest theme in the book is your most disappointing disappointment will nearly always become your greatest blessing. Right? <laughs> and, and, I, and I ask, when I'm on the stage, I, I ask people, okay, raise your hand. If something happened to you in the last 12 months that at the time you thought was a huge disaster, and now you look back and you say, thank God that happened. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you, Willie, 80% of the audience puts their hand up. Wow. Right? Be because it's such a powerful theme it's, a, it's almost a, a universal law that your most disappointing disappointments will nearly always become your greatest blessings mm. and so the last thing i have for entrepreneurs because we're always impatient we always have an idea we want to get it out there it's going to kill the world it's going to change everything and it just lies there and the 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 thing i want you to remember is that the quickest way for a tadpole to become a frog is live every day happily as a tadpole. <laughs> right? You cannot accelerate time. You you just got to start out on your path, and things will take their own course, but why not just be happy watching it unfold instead of being frustrated because it's not going as fast as you want, you know? Just remember to be a tadpole. It, it, the quickest way for a tadpole to become a frog, just ease up on yourself and live like a tadpole every day and be happy. Wow. Wow. This is, that was just a great way to end this. I mean, this is, you can't, you can't beat this. Again, I want everybody who's listening to this show, who's serious about success, to go get this book. It's called The Birth of a Brand. The Birth of a Brand, Launching Your Entrepreneurial Passion and Soul, is by Brian Smith. And Brian Smith, where's your website again for them to reach you? It's, to... uh, it's UGG, UGG Founder, F-O-U-N-D-E-R. So UGFounder.com. UGFounder.com. Yeah, and if anybody's interested, like I, I, I really love speaking to entrepreneurial groups and business groups, and, and they can be seasoned executives as well as entrepreneurs. Um, then there's a lot of information on that website on how to get me to uh, see if I'm available to come speak. Great. Awesome. Folks, I want you to do that. I also want you to get that book and then stay connected. Tell your friends about this show and that they should listen to this when the replay, whenever it does go, and, and the podcast. Make sure you follow me on podcast. Also, finally, I want to tell everybody again to go get that marriage book, jollymarriage.com. Make love, make money, make it last. It will change your relationship. We're getting so many people who are saying that it's had a profound impact already. And, uh, I want to thank my sponsor again, Shirley Lou Finance. Shirley Lou Finance. Shirley L U U Finance.com. Contact her. Tell her I told you to call. She'll give you a $100 gift uh, software of a Castle Key software for your family to learn how to do financial. Uh, 
plans and how to grow your finances. So ShirleyLouFinance.com. Tell her I sent you and you'll get a gift and then call her and talk to her. Reach out to her. Thank you all all for listening. Thank you for listening every week. Remember your best is yet to come. Stay in touch with me. Send me a note. Go to WillieJolly.com. Send me a note and let me know what you like, how we can give you more programs like today that will help change your life. And remember, for sure, for sure, for sure, your best is yet to come. Have a great day. God bless. Are you tired of crying and complaining? Tired of feeling like life don't treat you fair? Do you see so many others moving on? Are you steady going nowhere? Have you maybe come to the conclusion that there's nothing at all that you can do? Well, just look at in it mirror and you'll see who is really truly stopping you my mind This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.